0: Hi, and welcome to the Your Good News Podcast with me, Catherine Getty. It's easy to believe the news around us that the world is dark and the future is the same, but what if we chose something different? What if we chose to find the good news in each day? This podcast is a collection of interviews with friends, mentors, colleagues on their good news. From business to health to politics and everything in between, It's my hope that you leave with a boost and find your good news. Welcome back to another episode of the Your Good News podcast. To say I am honored to have had on my next guest is probably an understatement. I first met today's guest, Katie Martin, in 2016 when we both worked at a national party committee together. Katie served in a senior leadership role and was the epitome of a leader. She sought to build bridges in a rather contentious time, and I am grateful to have learned from her. In this episode, we have a funny conversation on finding purpose with others at work and in a tough environment, how to find your people. I believe there are a lot of lessons for us all to hear in this episode, and without further ado, my interview with Katie. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Your Good News podcast. As we start
1: every episode, I like to ask my guest, Katie, what is your good news? Well, Catherine, thank you so much for having me. Um, my good news in 2021, I actually took the time for myself. Um, I think in this crazy game of politics that we all work in, the days can get long, they can get busy and you find yourself, you know, three cycles later and you haven't come up for air. So I've really made a promise to myself this year. And I'm going to keep that promise going into 2022 that I'll take, even if it's 15 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever I can squeeze into a day to, you know, walk to Starbucks, you know, maybe do an extra block, go to the gym, just make sure that I'm giving myself a little time every day.
0: Which I think is like, like you said, maybe in politics or not, like, taking time for ourselves is the hardest thing to do. Like I am the worst at it. I'm like, I'll give all my time to other people and then then feel like I have nothing left. And I'm like, oh, that's
1: why you feel like shit. Yeah. But if you make it a priority every day and listen, I talk to reporters all day or I'm on the phone with candidates doing media trainings, whatever. Sometimes I find myself it's 730 at night and I... Don't have anything left to say, and so just making sure that I give myself a little recharge time um, has been really important, and has actually been beneficial to my work.
0: Yeah, I think if you're fil- if you're pouring from a full cup, it's a better work product than like there's nothing in the cup, there's nothing going to come out that's good. <laughs> exactly. Uh- <laughs> That's that's my wisdom for today, guys. Um in, in the free show prep, I got to share your amazing um background, but I didn't get to share our connection point. So, like other guests that I've had on, we met at a national car- party committee during the 2016 trigger warning election. Um, during a time, <laughs> time that felt Sometimes pretty toxic, um, and sometimes pretty pressure cookery. Um, That's not a word, but we're gonna go with it. I just always appreciated how you spoke your truth in such an honest and with strength and with grace to other people. Like you brought people along with your message, and I think that that's really unique. And so, I'd love to talk a little bit more about your experience
1: at working in politics. Yeah, so 2016 was an interesting (laughs) election. Um, And I think anyone that claims that they knew what was gonna happen, they're wrong. Um, (laughs) But no, that was a very trying cycle, Justin. We had a good target, that was Hillary Clinton. We had this big majority in the House, We had all worked together for so many years that it was like going to work with your best friends and also your family. So it was this weird environment of it was crazy. And every day was so different. The new cycle was impossible to keep up with, which at the time we didn't know that was going to be the new normal. So it was just definitely, it was an interesting cycle. But I think when it comes to speaking your truth in the workplace, especially as younger women, We have to make sure that we are taking a seat at the table and that we let our opinions be known because a lot of times no one's going to ask.
0: Yeah. And I think it kind of, in a weird way, goes back to the taking time for ourselves because I think so often, like, especially in the workplace, like it's easy to acquiesce to everyone else or to everyone else's opinions and not really stay firm. So I think it, how you treat yourself bleeds over into how kind of work shows up. And I think that. Especially, I would imagine in communications when like your job is communicating on a daily basis, it's got to be hard to like try to process, okay, where am I at and how do I message this in the next for the next day? Because I felt like
1: the news cycle was changing like in a day. Completely. And the one interesting thing about 2016, in 2014, uh, I remember going at it on Twitter with our counterparts over at the Democratic Committee. And then after that election, we won. But after that election, you know, I went out and had a couple drinks with two of the regionals on the Dem side and they became good friends. 2016 had a different feel where Twitter was so toxic. It was just this weird environment that you would leave work. And it was just like, wow, people were so mean to me all day just because of the presidential ticket. And it just, everyone kind of lost their mind in that moment.
0: I think it was just like, you became like, I can't even imagine like, I was obviously more on the fundraising side so like I would have donors screaming at me about things I couldn't control but like to be have to be like the face of what's happening like that had to be really
1: like personally challenging but professionally you probably grew so much 100% it was and I say this all the time if you've not done communications press work in the era that is president Trump You have not lived. You are basically a dinosaur in this business now, just because the way that Twitter was working, the way we're interacting with each other, just from campaign to campaign or even reporters, it was such an interesting change in dynamic that it was... Such a learning experience and such a process of growth for me that while it was crazy and hectic in the time, I definitely think it made on the comms front. I know you guys were killing yourselves and financed that cycle. It just made us all tougher and better. Oh, a hundred percent.
0: And I think we've. I mean, the twenty sixteen election. Just even talking about it, I'm like, oh shit, that was <laughs> that was intense. <laughs> but I feel like, yeah, let's like set the foundation. We've we've talked about our connection point. I you know. I think in a world where and especially in the last 19 months where it feels like sometimes the days are tougher and tougher. And I can only imagine Mm -hmm. like it has continued for comms as well. Like I'd love to delve into kind of your career experience and lessons learned or lessons shared with you that you're like, Oh, I, that makes a lot of sense. So however you want to take that, you can, you can take it however you want.
1: Yeah, so I got lucky in the weird sense that it, when I graduated from college, the economy was terrible, and so I couldn't find a job. So I literally was doing every random job. I was at a daycare, which was not my most favorite experience. Love the kids, oh, but it was screaming kids all day. For the children. <laughs>
0: For the children. Yes.
1: Shout outs to moms. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, it it was this, I couldn't find any work. So I decided to volunteer for this campaign. Um, It was a local sheriff in Oakland County, Sheriff Mike Bouchard, who's the best. Uh, But he ended up the next cycle running for governor got a job as press secretary on his campaign. But the one biggest lesson I learned that has carried me through my entire career, there was a TV vendor, Dan Allen, who was doing our race. And he took so much time to teach me how to do the job and to make sure that I was not only prepared, but that I knew what the job was supposed to be and I could get it done right. And I was super young. I'm sure i made him on a screen most days, <laughs> but I did appreciate so much that he, with you know, I can't even imagine how much, you know, he had other things to do at the time, but the fact that he would spend that much time with me to make sure that I was learning and I knew how to do the job. It's something that I've always tried to do in my career with younger operatives because it really makes the next group better. Dan made me better. And I just think like that's something that we can't forget as our schedules get busy. Like we always have to make sure to like, Think about the others that are around us and what we can add to that.
0: I think that that's, I mean, and I I am a recipient of, I feel like your tutelage on like just being, just being in the workplace and standing, like standing up for myself or standing up for others. Like, you know, I think it's oftentimes we going back to like time and time for ourselves, like we think, oh, we can't fit that in, but like how rewarding it is to like help the next person because they feel like they're able to kind of pass it on. And there's so much good in being able to like help other people. And even when we're busy, we should take that time.
1: Exactly. And that was actually one thing I loved when I worked with you at the committee. You know, I would come down to the finance wing just because you guys are always so positive and you were having fun. And just like being over there to say, hi, girls, <laughs> <laughs> just for, you know, 30 seconds, it like brightened my day. We were probably like talking <laughs> like little sh- things. We were probably
0: talking about Kim Kardashian or something between like being yelled at <laughs> by a donor or a member of Congress. <laughs> like It was like, hey, are you getting yelled at
1: today? (laughs) Here's a little Kim K. (laughs) Brighten up the day. That was like Pete, Kim K.,
0: and uh, Kanye. Rest in peace for that relationship. That was sad. Pour one out. Um, (laughs) You know, besides having mentors along the way, are there experiences that you feel like really helped kind of guide you, like knowing that press was where you wanted to be or – was it candidates along the way or what, what, what kind of helped, you know, in a time where it's, we've, I've said it before, it's tough and I can imagine it's really tough to be in comms. Like what kind of kept you moving along?
1: Yeah, I think it's one of those, this is probably going to tell more about my personality than I probably <laughs> wanted to give away, but it, it is tough. You know, candidates will scream at you. Reporters are going to scream at you if you forgot to get back to them, to them or God forbid you know, you gave someone else an exclusive and they, you know, are upset about it. Uh, The news is tough to watch all day. Mm. It's just full on negative. I love to win so much Mm. that like waking up every single day, (laughs) I'm just like, I cannot wait till election day. I cannot wait to beat somebody and be better than someone. (laughs) And it's like, that drives me. So maybe that makes me sound like a crazy person, but.
0: No, I feel like in politics, there is all the people I've met. And I think. I feel like everyone's got it in them a little bit as like there's that that desire to like put their person forward or put that message forward because they think it's better than someone else and they just want to prove it to someone else. I mean, I think that that – maybe that says more about our society than we really want to talk about because I feel like sometimes I'm like, can't we just be nicer to each other? Like just like a little bit. I don't know.
1: Totally. Yeah. But I think that goes to the balance of the 2014 election, we would fight constantly, me and my counterparts. But then end of the day, we were able to go to Cap Lounge and have a beer and (laughs) yuck it up and everything was fine. So I'm hoping we can get back to that.
0: I think it's a pendulum too. And I think it's like, maybe in politics or not, Like there's pendulum swings in society. And like right now, we're just, I think everyone's just on edge and the pandemic has not helped people be less on edge. They're just... (laughs) <laughs> Real tuned up. Yeah. <laughs> Another just kind of topic I'd love to to go down is you've you've referenced a couple of times that you've built relationships with people on the other side of the aisle. How do you seek to like build that kind of, is it because you both know you're going through kind of similar things or how have you built those relationships and kept them going when times you're like, I want to pull my hair out because of you?
1: Yeah, it's weird because it's almost like, we're doing our jobs. We believe what we believe and we believe passionately in what we believe. But end of the day, it's our jobs. And I don't take it personally when, you know, a friend from across the aisle is really giving me the business because of something I've said or something I support. And it's the same of, I hope to not do that to them or hope they don't take it personally either. Like we all have moments, Um, but it's just like, everyone's a human being like be normal. I guess we forget to do that in this town. Just be normal.
0: (laughs) I think everyone in the U S has forgotten how to be normal. I'm from Florida. I know they forgot how to be normal. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Floridians, you know, we do it to ourselves. We really do do it to ourselves. Just <laughs> self-inflicted wounds of Florida man. <laughs> I'm really punchy today. I'm really just letting it rip. So, we've talked about finding, you know, finding people and building relationships. I think one of the most important things I found as I've gotten older and and especially in DC, but I think everywhere is finding your people. And finding those people that will sit with you in the hard and cheer with you in the good. How have you kind of found those people? And what has it taught you about yourself and how you show up for others?
1: So I think we got very lucky at the party committee, that cycle where everyone was together. And it was a very special experience. But I also think there is a common bond in D.C. where most folks are not from here, their family isn't around. So you're almost picking your family here. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's the people that, you know, you laugh, you cry with, you go out and act a fool with, whatever it is. But it's just the one thing I do have to say, like I learned when it comes to friendship in this town last cycle, I was at Foggy Bottom most days, every day. So if I didn't see you in Foggy Bottom or crossing the street from where I parked my car into my apartment, I wasn't really seeing you. Um, And that was something that I reflected on this year of my friends are my family here and they are my people. And so even though jobs get crazy and, you know, you're running all over the place, you still need to take the time to put the work in. Yeah.
0: You know, it's finding the balance of like showing up even when it's hard or you're tired or, but also like trying to like realize that like those people are the people that like, it's going to recharge you, like being around those people. Like, right. I mean, I, to your point, I think when you find people that really just like get you, like it's, it's pretty special. And I think everyone has an experience where they're like, okay, I really totally know that these people have my back and it's, I hope people like appreciate that and like actually hear that message of like, yeah, it's great to like have your people and like you should show up for them and they will show up for you and it's awesome. I could not agree more. It sounds cheesy. <laughs> it sounds cheesy. Really
1: cheesy today. Uh, have you been uh, <laughs> watching a lot of Lifetime Christmas movies?
0: <laughs> you know, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a big Lifetime Christmas movie person. Like, I I don't know if that, like, is it probably is shocking to everyone that's listening to
1: this because, you know, I'm a sensitive <laughs> Sally. But I just, I can't get on board. I'm here for the not being a part of the Lifetime Christmas craze. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: it's not on it's not on brand for me. I don't know what on brand is. Wow, I'm really saying weird stuff today. <laughs> uh, what other pieces of knowledge or like wisdom would you give someone who's thinking about going into comms or thinking about starting a career in politics besides telling them they should get a therapist because that's the only way people in the city survive,
1: yeah, well, we could start with you're unemployed every two years, so <laughs> That's fun. So get ready to have <laughs> panic attacks. Yes. Yeah, so unless you come for money, this might not be the game for you unless you have, you know, <laughs> you know what. If you wanna um, wo-
0: you no. wanna work at flywheel at 4 a.m. and clean dirty shoes, you can always do that.
1: Exactly. Welcome to DC. <laughs> no, I do think though, like if people want to get into comms, like know what you're getting into. There's a lot of times that you're gonna be running around like crazy. The news business doesn't sleep. So get used to that toots because that's your new normal. Um, But also (laughs) it's, you know, being comfortable with if it's a company you work for or a candidate that you work for with what they stand for, because if you don't believe in it, it's not going to come out authentic. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's when you lose credibility with reporters.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that so oftentimes and You can like smell it on people when they don't believe in something in this town. And I think that that goes for if you're in politics or if you are, you know, wherever you may be trying to, you know, sell something or tell someone that you believe something and they're like, no, you really don't. Shouldn't. Right. Don't don't get on board with that.
1: Also, if you're going to get in politics and come to D.C., come join us. But please, for the love, do not go to happy hours and or events and say the first thing What do you do? Oh. And it's like that oh wow. (laughs) Floor every time. (laughs) That is a a pet
0: peeve. So I'm, you know, just gonna give some inside baseball to DC. When you move to DC, you'll get you'll tell, you'll know who the newbies are because they'll ask two questions. Where do you work at and where do you live? And, like, I remember <laughs> moving to D.C. and being like, why, where do, why do you want to know where I live? Like, stranger danger. Like, I think that that's weird. Um, <laughs> I still think it's weird. But also the where you work is, like, just a – you just want to know if you can use and abuse the situation. Like, there's no yeah. – I don't know. I think it's just so grimy.
1: It's a major red flag and I immediately don't want to talk to the person anymore. (laughs) So if we could just break this bad habit of it doesn't matter if I work for the Queen of Sheba and or, you know, I'm working at the restaurant down the street, doesn't change the value of who I am. So just stop. That literally question irks me to no end.
0: No end. No end. And I think it's like a bad (laughs) habit that DC can't quit. So I don't know if this is happening for other people listening to this outside the DC area. Let's all let in 2022, we'll make time for ourselves and we'll stop asking people what they do for a living. They share it. Cool. I now make a game out of it though. I'll be like, how long can I not tell you where I work? Especially given this year. I'm like, I don't want to tell you where I work. Anything else to bring this puppy home? I mean, I feel like from making time for ourselves to always taking a seat at the table, even when it's probably scary or hard to taking the time for others, especially those that are new in their careers and getting to pick your family and how freaking cool that is. I mean, Katie, you're just dropping nugget bombs of wisdom. Anything else you want to share?
1: Have fun. Life is too short. <laughs> Not to be like the cliche book. I feel like I'm a eat, pray, love or like the live, laugh, love sign right now. But like have fun. This is literally like our time. Go out, crush it. Um, I don't know. I just feel like especially in the industry that we're in in politics, it's just such a wild place. So like make the best of it. Have fun. You can't do this for forever um, or you shouldn't at least. Mm-hmm. But just have a good time yeah. and Rock, rock it up. Make some noise. I feel like maybe you have been watching
0: some Lifetime movies, and that's where that knowledge came from. Just kidding.
1: I can say, I can <laughs> confirm a lot of housewives because Andy Cohen is killing it uh, right now. I just, yeah. it's everything. It's everything.
0: Well, besides Andy Cohen, I just need to praise you. You are awesome. I'm so grateful for just being being you, and thank you for joining today. and I'm so excited to see what you do next.
1: Oh, thanks, Catherine. Thank you for having me.
0: That was so much fun. I was probably a little loopy, but I think it was a really heartfelt conversation. I am, like I said, at the outset, so grateful to have learned from Katie. She is just has so much wisdom to offer and so much good was shared. If you liked, please, please subscribe. Leave a review. Share with someone you know, these seemingly little actions can really help this little engine grow. And also please reach out to me. I'm on Instagram at Catherine Getty. I'd love to hear your feedback and I always share more about myself and this podcast there. And tune in next week for another episode of the Your Good News Podcast.